Cash Flow Guys Podcast, Episode 20. Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome back, my loyal fans, the Cash Flow Guys podcast. We have arrived at episode 20, and I am here today with our guest, Reed Goosens, and he is the host of Investing in the U.S., which is an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate. Reed moved to the U.S. in 2012 to pursue a career in structural engineering. However, he discovered a passion for real estate investing. No money and no credit. That's how Reed showed up here. Reed, welcome to the show. G'day, Tyler. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, I love that introduction. I got really amped up just then. <laughs> That's my goal. I, I got to say, I absolutely love your show your show it, it's it's helped me get over some insecurities and some fears and, and i felt compelled to have you on the show when i really when i started listening to your show i'm like yeah that guy getting him on my show so this is kind of cool for me fantastic well thanks a lot mate i really appreciate coming on here i know uh i've been listening to your show as well and you provide some some great uh how-to steps to get you over that sort of you know that initial mindset that people can sometimes just get a bit of a mental block when you're trying to start investing in real estate here in the united states so so well done to you as well <laughs> yeah we're just uh, we're in right now on a kind of a, a i'll call it a mini series talking about uh taking steps taking action getting over fears and that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you on the show because man you you you've done some amazing things I can't imagine what it's like. I, I remember when I bought my first properties up in Memphis, Tennessee, the first apartment buildings, the fear of just investing in a property that was only an hour and a half plane ride away. And here you are coming from another country, uh, moving over here, moving yourself over here, but let alone in, investing and going, reaching out to other people. Now you've got a networking group and you've got a, a awesome podcast going on. So let's talk about those first steps. You know, you're over in Australia, you're, you're, you're out of school, you're working as an engineer and, and obviously I don't have a better word for it, but that must've sucked because uh, you decide <laughs> that you want to come over here and tell me what that looked like or your initial mindset coming, what brought you to this country? Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a really great question. Um, just for everyone's, you know, education out there, Australians just by nature, because we are on an Island, we're just a very, very large Island. We, we're sort of surrounded by very much the same stuff. You know, we have, you know, whether you're on the East Coast or the West Coast or the North or South, the Australians, we're all pretty much the same. You know, we speak the same. We've got the same culture. We're only 25 million people. So we're a small population-wise. And, and so it's ingrained in us to want to travel and want to get out and tackle the world. And I don't know what it is and I can't still can't put my finger on it. Um, but I, yeah, you're right. I was, I had I'd returned from a couple of years overseas, just backpacking around Europe, um, back in Australia. And I was, you know, just sitting at my, my work desk at, at my engineering job and just thinking, I can't be doing this for the rest of my life. It's sort of, you know, I, I had so much more to give. There was something inside of me that I just knew that working for the man, working in the rat race just wasn't for me. And I, you know, 
it, it just I was so fed up with you know with that aspect. Uh, it's taken me you know a long time. It just doesn't happen overnight to escape the rat race. But it, it, it does. It happens. It starts with that initial. You're fed up. You 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 can't take it anymore, and you want to get make a change. And it's I think that's the real key uh, to this whole thing. You're understanding the why, but then acting on the why because you know a lot of people I talk to say to me, oh well, you know you 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 had this luck or you had that luck. It's not about luck. It's about the motivating factor that you you're so fed up with your current situation that you need to take action, and that's really 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 important. So I don't care what you're investing in. It's you, you, or what your what your your goals are in life. You've got to take action, and that's probably the the biggest um, step or piece of advice that, that that sort of helped me along this journey to now where I where I am today. But by, by no means have I have made crazily made it. I, it's, it's just another step along the journey. Well, so. it's a process, but I love what you talk about taking action because that's that's my mantra. That's what I do. It's taking that massive action. It's getting off the couch, putting down the remote control. Get out of the house, get in front of people, start talking to people. And my listeners are probably rolling their eyes right now and going, oh, he's back on that again. I got to get off the couch because Tyler's going to beat me up if I don't get off the couch, which is probably realistic. But, uh, yeah, I love the fact that you were able to take those steps to take that first thing. So you you, you, you did some research. You, I remember in one of, your show, one of your first episodes, you were talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And yep. that kind of got your, got your mindset right, got your mind right. Yeah, that was the influencing, you know, it was all like a lot of people I'm sure that listen to your show. I've been in that situation. You've been in that situation where you're so fed up with whatever the currency and not that I'm fed up and I had, it was a good job. It was fine. It just, I had more to give and I just didn't know where I needed to put that energy. It was sort of like this, I felt like a, um, like I was a benched you know, player on a, on a football team or something like that. And the coach wouldn't let me, me into the game or something. I just felt that I was just letting life pass me by and, you know, getting up nine to five, Monday to Friday, blah, blah, blah. And I had a passion to do something. I just didn't know what it was. And I knew that I, I said to myself, I wanted to, I wish people would just pay me to live my life. I wish people would just pay me to go surfing or, you know, go hiking or whatever it is, or go traveling. And it was sort of, my dad said to me, you know, you got to get your money working for you. It's in the bank. It's just sitting in the bank. It's not doing anything. And I said, no, that's, you're right. I do need to get it working for me. And I didn't know what passive income was. And so I started looking for, um, for for investments, you know, the stock market, you know, I, I had a look at um, some, you know, I don't know if you had Amway in this country. Oh, someone yes, took we me, did. Someone took me to an Amway scheme and the desperate, it wasn't for me, for those people out there, there's no offense to Amway, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't, that was not what I wanted. I, I, it was that entrepreneurial side, but did it just, you know, pyramid scheme? No, thank you. Um, but, but anyway, I, I picked up this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it, just hit the nail on the head, and that was just you know the starting the 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 oh I get it the, the penny dropped um, I now understand it sort of was written out in layman's terms for me, and that really helped me set my me up for wanting to learn more, and that's probably the biggest thing is that that book was the trigger to me then me taking action, going out and meeting other people, as you say, getting off the couch, putting down the clicker or the remote control, and taking action. That's awesome. Now you got here and. You've done, you did some self-study, so you're an engineer, and I've, I've, mm-hmm. a lot of my investors have been engineers, so I, I think I know you guys pretty well. You guys <laughs> analyze everything. Yep, analysis I, paralysis. Yes, yes, yes. I have some, I have some uh, engineer customers we've sold uh, investment property to in the Tampa Bay market, and it's like I, I give them all my reports, and, and they'll, if they're face-to-face, they just get this big grin on their face. They're like, yay, all these numbers and spreadsheets, and I'm like, well, this is it. 
obviously my non-engineers look at that and then they set it aside and they look back at me and go, okay, can you tell me what all this means? But you engineers, you guys break that stuff down. It's like in 10 seconds flat. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> but you came here, you, you found a mentor pretty early on. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So that's, um, that's really, really important. I think, you know, you can self-educate and you can, you know, you, you, when you're first starting out, you you don't want to spend $10,000 on a educator. You don't want to go and spend a thousand bucks a month on a mentor or whatever it might be. And, and I must add, Tyler, that when I first moved to the United States, um, and I moved to the United States because my girlfriend is American. So back to the original question. Uh, and, um, a lot of things here in the United States when I first rocked up were readily available for free. So at the rear events, um, these different books that I was reading, you know, something that I'd pay top dollar for back in Australia to a guru, so to speak, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars um, it was readily available in books. And so I was, you know, being an engineer, being the the inquisitive mind that I am, you know, I was definitely reading a lot of books, self-educating, analysis paralysis. I knew I had to get my first deal done. I got I got a couple of deals done. In upstate New York, in terms of uh, multi small multifamilies, a triplex and a duplex, and a, another one. Um, and then I got to the point where I was like, "Look, I need, I still need that that person in my life, in my career, um, to help me go to where I want to be." So this was a person that it was a mentor, and I, I chose this particular mentor because I. I, I related to him because he had succeeded, uh, achieved some success, and. You know, I could relate. So that was what that was my why factor um, to to reaching out to a mentor to have someone who's a bit more of an accountability partner. Um, and, and as as all your 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 listeners will, will as they grow and as they become um, more educated and, and and more confident, that your your mentors may change over time. So don't don't necessarily think you need to keep with the one mentor. You're going to have many mentors over your investing career. Well, it comes in stages and I know who your mentor is and you did a great job picking picking a, a good one, that's for sure. I've listened to yeah. his show as well. He's he's awesome. I'm planning on having him on my show here coming up soon, hopefully. Good, good, but, good uh, stuff. But uh, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but you you went it's kind of funny cuz you a lot of people start with wholesaling mm-hmm. and then they move into fix and flip and then they either wind up fixing and flipping until they fail or they fix and flip and hopefully come out of the anesthesia and realize that they need to really start holding some of these properties. And I know for you, you, you like me, you went. I, I started with the fixing and flipping many, many years ago and uh, took a break. I just got out of real estate altogether. I sold all my assets right before the market crashed, thank goodness, knock on wood. And it, then I went into, I, then when I came back, I jumped right into multifamily. And you pretty much did the same thing. You did a couple houses from hearing your show, and then you, you jumped right into multifamily. And now you're into the couple hundred units, no? Yeah, the, the, the and it goes back to that engineering mindset. I don't know if, if it goes back to that, but it just and it goes back to what Rich Dad Poor Dad was saying was that the 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 passive income was so important to to me. Um, you know, I looked at wholesaling. I looked at you know, and I, I fix and flip. I've got a I've got a I've got a fix and flip right now happening in Philadelphia, and it's I'm pulling my hair out over that that particular property. Um, but it, it was it was going back to that creating putting money in your pocket, what's an asset, what's a liability um, and multifamily really, really resonated with me, particularly in the in America where the the entry, the entry barrier, sorry, barriers to entry are a lot lower than they are in Australia and the um, streams of financing that are available here are a lot more attractive. You know, the, it's a lot more attractive here in the United States that multifamily, uh, having the entire building, having the entire machine pumping, you know, 
making money for you as you when you sleep, putting money in your pocket. It's a it's a, it's an asset, not a liability. Uh, and that's what really resonated with me. I look, as I, said, I looked at I looked at some some um, some wholesaling stuff, and I was like, this it, it seems like a lot of work for very little reward. And there's a lot of people doing it, so it, it didn't necessarily help me create that 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 passive income that could one day help me leave my job. I so agree. That, I, I believe why. you know wholesaling. I think has its place for a lot of people. It, it what I got from is that it helped me really learn to negotiate, mm-hmm. and I got to make a lot of mistakes early on. And that really, I got used to no because I got lots of doors slammed in my face and, and <laughs> a few offers were actually thrown at me and uh, <laughs> yep. it got me over that initial fear. So I, that was huge. But as far as everything else, I absolutely agree. It, it's a job. It's a grind as is the, the fixing and flipping to me anyway. I've, I've done enough of it now that I can say it's definitely a grind and there's nothing better than that passive income. I'm, last Monday I was out and I think you saw my Facebook video there. I was out kayaking and I get to talk, yeah. talk to my community. While I'm out kayaking, in the meantime, I have all these little checks flowing into my checking account. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. It yep. absolutely is. So you got into, and what I tell my, my listeners is, it's finding the opportunity, for me anyway, and I'm, I think you will agree, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, is finding the opportunity is the toughest part, is finding opportunities that make sense, attracting the capital or finding the money. That's really not that difficult. It comes down to building relationships and uh, I know you do you do a very good job of that of building relationships and and if you provide a product or an investment opportunity that makes sense, correct me if I'm wrong. Finding the money is essentially pretty easy. Is that correct? Yeah, to 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 an extent. I, I'm uh, I'm trying to raise some capital on uh, on some larger deals right now, and you know it's it's all about continuing to grow that network and and I feel feel like there's a there's a sweet spot in there. You know, particularly in the multifamily space. You know, around the million to two million mark is a really sweet spot, and you get a lot of investors. Anything over that, you know, ten to fifteen million, it's sort of you start getting into institutional money. It's a little bit different ball game. Right. Um, but 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 back to what you're saying, your your underlying theme is yes. If you have a cracking deal, money will be available. You will find someone. Um, your ne- if you and if your network is big enough, and you attend a lot of networking events, because that's what I tell everyone that I speak to. Or how do you raise capital? How do you find a good deal? Get network, 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 network. Uh, you know, and, and that's a great first actionable step that I tell everyone. Or how do I take action? Well, set yourself up to say that I'm going to go to three networking events in a month. Just from doing that, give yourself ten. Allow yourself to go for three months in a row. If you haven't met anyone, if you haven't, you know, created a bigger network just by doing those three first three months and doing it three times a month, then, then maybe you know, maybe real estate's not the, the the people's game you should be in. But that's the actionable steps that I always like to tell people. And then back to your original question is, yes, money will come if you have that network and if you have a cracking deal. You know, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of beginning investors make is they are so fixated on the money that they right. lose sight of finding the opportunity first or building the opportunities. They lose sight of taking the time to build the relationships over time. And, and there's no more important step out there, listeners, if you're listening to me, and I'm going to say it again, there is no more important step out there than building relationships. It all begins with building those relationships. 100%. And, and I see this on Facebook a lot. I see these new guys pop in and they're like, hey, man, if I can just get hundred grand, I can do this. And it's like, well, that's not going to help you because that hundred grand is going to go away pretty quick. Yep. Yep. Uh, ask me how I know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you get, you get that little taste, that's not going to be enough. You're going to build beyond that. And when you're building a business, you're building a brand. It, it really comes down to building those relationships. And you've done yep. such a fantastic job on that. 
Well, thank you. It's kind of funny how we tripped over each other. It's like we have a mutual friend, Seth Beckham. I've uh, been friends with him now for about two years. Uh, same thing. Seth is a master of building great relationships. And he's just generally, he's an, he's an awesome guy. He's just that, yeah. he's that guy. You, you just, you, you want to be around him. He's yeah. Be- and it's, it's so funny, Seth, when we're getting a little bit off track, off track, when you talk about building a brand, I was like, oh, Seth, what's your website? And he's like, oh, I don't have one just yet. And I was like, that's so interesting. You've done all these deals yet. You, you, you've done it the old fashioned way, which is just getting out there to Starbucks and meet up events and shaking hands and having coffee and, you know, maybe a drink or something and just creating those 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 contacts so yeah he's a great guy <laughs> let's talk a little bit about mindset and and we're moving moving to the syndication space for a second we'll move back out of that but sure we as syndicators our mindset i believe is very at least mine is and i know yours is is very different than your typical rehabber let's say you got a rehabber they're they're just gonna they need that taste of money they need that couple hundred grand to get through this next flip and they're gonna make their profit and they're just gonna ask you you know, they're not even, they're going to tell you what they can pay the, the 12%, the 18%, the hard money, whatever it is, four points on the front, four points on the back. You got to give your DNA and everything else. Whereas <laughs> a syndicator, we're sitting down and having conversations with the investors. And the beauty of it is, and I, and I know you're a big believer in this, it's taking the time to, to ask, the, to work with your prospective investor to determine what their needs are. More importantly, and it's not always, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not always tied to an interest rate, so to speak. It's why are they investing in and what is the ideal scenario for them? What is their intended outcome? What do they hope to gain from this opportunity? And it's not always money. Right. So let's exactly. talk about that and a little I, bit. And I, I completely agree with you. And I think that that's really, really important to um, to understand is that you know, people and different investors have different wants and needs and they might be an investor who's just looking for the return or they might be an investor who's looking for the tax advantages or they might be an investor that is looking for amortization and building equity. And 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 so the the I, I really think that, you know, understanding what their want and need is is really, really, really important. Uh, and having those goes back to what you said before, Tyler, was continuing to uh, work on those relationships and continuing to build a database of investors. So when you do have a cracking deal, you can go to them and say, oh, hey, Joe or Bill or Tyler or Reed, that they want this out of this deal and this deal provides that to them. So I'm going to give them a call and I'm going to have them on my, my, my speed dial. Uh, and so I think that's very, very important. Right. And it, and it goes back to initially that I'm going to say it again, that relationship. It's like, I know, yep. for example, you know that I'm a cash flow guy. That's my thing. Right. I buy what the stuff that I buy generally is B or C class, but uh, primarily lately it's been C class. Mm-hmm. And I like cash flow. That's why that's why I'm investing where I'm investing. And you know that if you have opportunities that yield cash flow, that like you just said, I'm going to be on your speed dial and say, hey, Tyler, listen, I've, I've got an appreciation play. There's some cash flow. Can you bring your team in on this? It's in your market or, or this is along your expertise. Do you, you want to? jump in on this deal and I was like absolutely let's take a look at it and see what we can work out and that's how relationships are built it's having that network building that infrastructure building that network building that team is what's critical to really rocking the house and making putting investment opportunities together that make sense and that said it's win-win or no deal am I correct win-win for everybody yes yes and that's that's 
I think you've hit a, some great points there because there's a number of steps that goes in there. You've got to create that, the, those relationships. I, I think another big takeaway and piece of advice is continue to, to maintain those relationships. Just because you said to someone you had one coffee with them doesn't mean they're going to invest with you in the next deal. You need to continue to send them an email. How's it going? What are you up to? You know, um, you know I'll send you an email, email. Tyler talking about you know what are you up to in in the in your markets uh, if there's any opportunities to invest with you or vice versa you know and that's that all goes back to building those relationships and continuing to build those relationships and build credibility and trust um, and and understand and continue to understand people's wants because people's wants can change over time and particularly investors uh, they they might have family crisis they might need more um, you know they might need more of something to help them get through whatever the situation they're in right now so again win win situation for everyone and the only way you're going to know that is to actually have a conversation and ask and I sure. this happens to me a lot in town here locally when I go to real meetings or uh, different networking functions you'll that happens every time someone will come to me they've I've built a reputation of being the guy that has, I'm the, I'm the guy that has capital. We will put our, we'll infuse our capital into opportunities if the opportunities make sense. However, mm-hmm. everybody should know if they're remotely paying attention that I'm a multifamily guy. That's my thing. Don't come <laughs> to me with a gas station. Don't come to me with a hotel. And I don't care anything about single family houses. Yes, they're a nice place to live and the pool is cute and all that, but that's not what we invest our capital into. We yep. are multifamily in two markets and two markets only. Right now, because that's what—that's how we set up our program and set up our plan. And people that haven't taken the opportunity to learn my investor identity, they just see the dollar signs. And, and guys, if you're out there, if you're listening to this show, listen to what we're saying. Reed, you're not going up and, and hanging out in the street corner with, with a, a cup of pencils and a sign going, please give me money so I can buy this apartment <laughs> building. <laughs> you know, you're reaching out to people and taking time to build a relationship with them to find out what their investing needs are. Now... When you have those investing needs figured out, I assume it's a lot easier to make a situation where they're going to want to invest in your deal and that you're able to provide the services that they need so they can accomplish their goals. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Understanding the needs, understanding the wants, continuing to, um, goes back to what I said, continuing to build those relationships. And yes, I'm not standing on a corner somewhere, um, Please invest in my in my deal. Uh, it goes back to mindset a little bit in syndication. When you're you're not asking people for money for for an investment, you're offering them an investment opportunity. And as you build those relationships, people know that. And so when you do come to them with an investment opportunity, it's not about oh please give me money. It's about here's an investment opportunity. I know it fits your criteria. This this would be a good fit for you and your family or you and your investors. Would you like to invest? That's that, yeah. That's, that's that's important. I want to hit that again. Just like you said it, it's it's I'm providing you an investment opportunity. Listeners, if you're paying attention, pull over, write this down, put it in your in your memo on your iPhone or your what your Android or whatever it is. You're providing an investment opportunity. Okay, you're you're there to help these people invest their their capital for some sort of a return or, or an arrangement that meets their needs. You hit the nail on the head with that one. That's a home run. It's all about mindset. And if you have that mindset, it's going to help you overcome those fears. That's where a lot of these fears come from is that fear of failure. Oh, my goodness. If I, What if I talk to this guy and I better give him 18% interest or he's going to laugh at me and send me away? It's like, well, you don't know that that guy wants 18% interest. And you don't know what that guy's risk tolerance is. And those type of opportunities usually are very high-risk opportunities. If you're doing high-risk investments, then maybe that makes sense for you. 
But when we're investing like we are, Reed, and we're investing in value-add opportunities and apartment buildings and things that make sense, and we have a plan and the team in place to execute it, those are all risk-reducing factors. Exactly. And when you exactly. reduce that risk, where's that fear go? That fear should melt away, provided that you've done the homework to get yep. to the point to where you reduce that risk. So that's huge. That's huge. And let me, let's talk a bit about, now you're over there in California and you guys are in the ab most absolutely crazy real estate market. I, I think I've, somebody told me you could buy a two bedroom, one bath house for around 900 grand in some neighborhoods over there. It's so funny. I had this conversation. I had a networking event throughout the week and uh, I met a couple of Australian people, well, just in general, some real estate people. And just this perception that California is really, it is really expensive. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. It's, it is very expensive. But you also got to understand that there's a lot of, there's, there's opportunity out there. I, I'm not investing 100% or you know any of my money here in California yet, but I do see opportunity come uh, uh, across my desk. Um and you've got to understand what the opportunity is um, and how that plays into where we are in the market market cycle. What, I, what I'm seeing, what's, what's really, really good is, is ground-up construction in urban infill um, where you can, you know, you know, it's a whole other topic. But that, they're the opportunities I'm seeing here in, in, in LA. Uh, fixing and flipping, as I said, I'm not in that game, so I don't, I don't get involved in that. But back to your question, yeah, California is a heated market, but you also got to know that you're buying right. And it goes back to my one of my major major things that I tell everyone and you've already hit the nail on the head earlier in the show is um, you have to make money when you buy and not when you sell. You have to be buying a cracking deal. It has to be uh, one of the biggest mistakes I see people buy, doing is they're not buying a, uh, buying a mediocre deal and they can't sell it to investors because they can't get excited about the deal. If you can't get excited about your deal, then I don't know how you're going to get another person excited about your deal to invest in it. So be, be mindful of that. And let's talk about when you use the word deal, is that, does that mean that it's worth a million dollars and you got it for 500 or are there different elements no. that make it a deal? Let's talk about no. that for a second. No, yeah, that's, and that's, that's right. There's, Different elements make it a different deal. It could be that you are actually paying um, market price for it, but the seller is taking seventy percent seller carryback finance, and they're not gonna they're gonna do it for the next two years. So that means that you don't have to go to the bank and jump through all the hoops of the bank, and that gets you into the property quicker. And there's a number of ways um, that you can, as I, the word I actually used, there's a number of ways to skin a cat, um, and that might be a really good deal because you're it, it's relieved some headache from having to go to a bank and. Get Get obtained financing or something on a larger property that might be slightly outside your reach, but because the seller is willing to work with you, that's a, that's a cracking deal. Now all of a sudden, you've just created a deal um, out of out of thin air because you've asked the questions, you've sat down with the seller, and you've seen what their wants are. Um, you know, another cracking deal might be that you've got to look at the deal in a different way. And I've seen. Uh, I talk about some land stuff. Uh, some pe some people combine. I saw the other day this this uh, this investor. He combined the two lots together because one lot had a higher density on it, and because he combined the two lots together, the, the second lot had, could have spillover density, and he could build more units. It was just really, really quite incredible. And then again, he's created a deal out of nothing. And it's just understanding the different ways of creating deals to then, you know, if you see it on the MLS, oh, this is not a deal. It's, you know, worth a million bucks or $500,000. I can't do anything with this deal. Well, hang on. Look at it closely. Look at, understand the why the person's selling it. Uh, understand if there's any opportunity around the, the neighborhood or, or the lot next door or something like that. There's a lot of ways to create um, money and, and opportunity, uh, even if you pay market price for, for, for a, a property. That's a very good point. We see that a lot in our markets, in both the markets I invest in, is that people are so fixated on price. It's becoming 
more easier and easier for us to find opportunity. I, I love it when somebody puts something on LoopNet or on the MLS and, and the price is through the ceiling. That gets me excited. I'm like, great, because nobody else is going to look at this. So I can, it gives me time, a little bit of breathing room to do a, a, what I'll call a, a mini underwrite on it so I could just bet the deal real quick and think, okay, let's see if we can make this work and let's get on the phone with the principal. And you just hit the nail on the head earlier when you said finding out why they're selling. Right. That's all about building that relationship. Once you find listeners, find out why somebody is selling. These are things that you need to know that are going to help you overcome those fears and help you pull those triggers. Once you discover that little tidbit of information, which actually is not a little tidbit, it's a huge piece of information. These are things that are going to position you to be able to solve their pain. And Reed, tell me I'm wrong. When you, when you solve their pain, do we not, is it not a win-win? Exactly. And it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. You know, we talk, we were talking a little bit earlier on about win-win for investors getting involved in deals, but you've got to be win-win for the buyer, for the seller as well. So if you can help them out in any way possible, maybe it's setting up uh, a long-term or, or long to medi- short to medium-term income stream because uh, the person has owned the building for 20 years and they have just want to they just want to go and retire, but you can set them up with a seller carryback finance or something like that because I'm a huge proponent of seller carryback finance if you can't already sell. Right. Um, but it helps them set up an income stream, a passive income stream for them that they wouldn't have otherwise had thought about. They thought they would have had to pay tax on the whole, you know, chunk of money that they've just got if I if I paid the money up front. But this this time I'm, I'll be I was able to defer that tax. I'm able to spread that uh, income out over a period of time, and that helps them set up, you know, a more comfortable lifestyle moving forward into their retirement. So there's there's different ways, and that's, I just use that as one example because that's fresh in my mind from a, a deal I saw a week ago that I was negotiating with the seller on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we. we I really appreciate you taking the time to come out here on the show. And we're all about giving back to the community. And that's why we put out the Cashflow Guys podcast. And, you know, you've taken time out of your busy day. You're out there pounding the pavement, making those deals, getting things, making things happen. And, you know, we believe, we teach people that if our listeners give back to the marketplace or if we as, as practitioners get out, give back to the marketplace, the marketplace will give back to us. That's where our goal is. And that's what we're trying to, the message we're trying to send to people. So I'm going to ask you this question. How can the Cashflow Guys listeners help you how can the cash flow guys listeners help me i i love also helping others so maybe asking me a few questions i always love because what helps me is when i have a, a new person come up to me and they're, they're saying oh, i'm just getting started in real estate and I've, I've got to go back and sort of walk them through how to get started it sort of helps me as a refresher because it, it makes me uh, hone my mindset back on oh that's right i've got to remember to uh, you know, just just now talking to you on the show, I've, I've got to remember to follow up with a couple of people. Just I'm thinking in my head, talking about keeping relationships with existing uh, investors. So it's helping. If you ask me questions, I'm more than happy to 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 answer them. And and you know, if you have something out there, I'm always interested in learning about new different things. I'm not involved in like mobile home parks, or I'm not involved in, as you said, gas stations. But you know, if someone on your show is in, is involved in that, I'm always interested to learn because I'm all about learning. So if you, uh, the way they can give back to me is. Uh, Helping, helping grow my network and helping teaching me, and, and I can hopefully help to give them uh, a little bit back by helping teaching them. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Is it via your social media? We'll put your social media links in the uh, show notes so people can use that uh, to reach out to you. But is that the best way? Is there one medium that you prefer better than another? Look, a simple email is pretty uh, pretty straightforward. It's, it's read, R-E-E-D, uh, at 
rsnpropertygroup.com. So it's R for Roger, S for Sam, N for Nancy. Uh, you can also hit me up on, you can shoot me a text or even call me. Uh, you can have my personal cell. It's 323-519-1111. It's pretty, uh, pretty simple. And I'm always, always available to chat. And um, yeah, I hope I hope to provide some, some, some value to your listeners on today's show. Well, I'm quite sure they'll be reaching out to you soon. And again, thank you so much for having us on the show. It's been a I've learned a lot, as I always do from your show. So if you guys want to reach out and uh, listen to, to his show, I'm going to put the link to his show on iTunes. It's definitely worth taking a listen. <clears throat> if I were you, I would subscribe. And if you like what you hear on Reed's show, leave him a fee- leave him good feedback. Like, put out that five-star review and help him build his, fr- his tribe. The more that we can help each other as investors do what we need to do to better the community, the easier things are going to be for everybody. For those of you that haven't listened to one of our recent episodes, we do have a Facebook group. Uh, you can go to www.cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That's cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Join our community. It's a great place to interact with our guests. I just put Reed in there this morning. You one way you can reach out to Reed right through that group. And as always, if you have any questions, you want to spend time with us, click the link in the show notes and you can get a three free 30 minute consultation with me and my team and we can answer any questions you might have thanks for joining us this concludes today's episode you don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn head over to cashflowguys.com and contact tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race